PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. Thanks for tuning into the show as we talk about investing, finance, and retirement here on Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick. And we're going to talk about couples this go around and some financial mistakes couples often get into. Because, uh, John, I don't know about you, buddy, but my wife and I are on the same page about everything all the time. <laughs> yeah, sounds like uh, uh, you you go by the motto, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, not so much. No, <laughs> she would disagree with that something fierce. She's like, if I could ever get you to agree with me on anything for happy wife, I'd be good. But no, I mean, you know, just a joke people make all the time, right? Couples that definitely do not see eye to eye on a lot of things. And finances is certainly one of those. Yeah, finances and uh, kitchen remodels, definitely. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Kitchen remodels. Nick, what's going on with you, buddy? How you doing? We don't want to leave you out. Oh, no, pretty good. Just staying busy. Happy that uh, football season's here, NFL season's here. So, um, you know, and looking forward to uh, fall weather in Florida. Yeah, well. It's on its way, hopefully. So we're into September when we're taping this. So let's get into it and talk about some stuff. I imagine you guys see a lot of different things when couples come in. You see a lot of different people on, whether they're on the same page or different pages or whatever the case might be. And many times, as much as couples might think they've talked about this stuff, I imagine you guys probably see that they didn't talk about it as much as they should have or maybe as in depth or they just really kind of glossed over the subject. So let's dive into a few things and see if we can highlight stuff for folks. So when they do come in and sit down, maybe they're a little further along in this conversation and you guys don't have to wear your marriage counselor hats along with your financial advisor hats. So number one, making the wrong choice on how to handle the spousal benefit option if you're lucky enough to have a pension. I talked to a bunch of guys, advisors and stuff, fellas that over the years that have said, it's amazing how many times somebody will take that without even talking to their spouse about it just because they see that higher number. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, a lot of places have um, put, you know, some restrictions uh, from the perspective of the paperwork where, you know, there'll have to be a a notary sign off or things like that. But we've seen them without. And there's definitely a misconception or misunderstanding on how these uh, pension payouts uh, will work. And so this, you know, this this could be a mistake that it's typically a one time decision. So for anybody that has substantial income uh, that will be coming in from a pension, you know, this could ultimately be the most important decision that they make. And it's something not to overlook. And, and just to be, you know, a little bit more direct, you know, oftentimes they will see 
um, the single life option, which you would kind of refer to as the is the highest payout, and and not realize that if something happens to them, then you know nobody gets any remainder remaining benefit. And you know one of the ways that we'll try to phrase that to people is you know no matter what, uh, I've never met anybody that wants to have worked for a company for a long time and even if there's like a, a divorce situation or something where they, you know, if something happens to them that nobody gets any of the benefit that they were will, you know, would have been due for the rest of their life. So, um, making sure that those options are understood and making sure that they're correlated and tied into the rest of the uh, the decisions that they've made for their planning is super important. Yeah, and a big thing to that is uh, Nick mentioned single life is understanding the different joint survivor lives. I mean, you can have a joint survivor where you know if one passes away, they still get 100% of the benefit, and then there's another, op- you know, there's a couple of different options where you get 75 and 50%. And you know, it's all always good to reference the plan to make sure, um, you know, if one person passes away, that the plan basically is still intact, and and that surviving spouse can still hit all their goals. Absolutely. You know, on those conversations, if it does happen, I was like, I can't imagine that the other person's too happy about, hey, wait a minute, why did you why did you take the wrong one and leave me out? So you want to make sure that you're doing those for sure. Uh, number two is the coordination on the Social Security strategy. You know, Social Security is that horse that we're going to beat constantly, right? Because it's just, it's a big component of people's retirement plans and, and the money that's out there. But we can't get into this rush to just go turn it on without really thinking about a strategy, especially if you're married, because you know, there's, there's a lot of strategy involved in this, right? Yeah, there is. I mean, uh, you, you hit it perfectly when you said uh, it's a big decision. I believe social security equates for like 30 to 40% of someone's household income in, in retirement. So you want to coordinate it right. And, and the biggest mistake we typically see is uh, once one person retires, maybe early at like 62, 63, 64, they're just going to go ahead and turn it on. And, um, while the other spouse is working, but there's definitely a lot of different strategies that you can implement. And I mean, you know, uh, Nick and I focus heavily on planning and it really all just come back to the plan because everyone's situation is different, but you really want to look at what's best for your situation. Does it make sense to defer uh, the higher amount for survivor plan down the road? We just talked about pensions. Is there a current pension in place, you know, which will, which will make a you know, the social security decision even more important to really coordinate that with any pension or any other guaranteed income stream. Yeah, strategy is key in so many things for retirement planning, but certainly in social security. And again, that's why the podcast this week is really about mistakes for couples, because again, we can kind of talk through this stuff in generalities and sometimes we, or we just kind of barely touch on it, but there's a lot of minutia to dive into and that's where an advisor really comes into play. And here's a simple one, guys, and I don't know how often you guys encounter this, but I talk to many advisors who say it's pretty surprising. People will come in for the first time and they really haven't truly talked about what they want to do with their actual time in retirement, like what they want to actually do with retirement. And yeah, they kind of like send the general things, well, we want to travel. Well, he wants to play golf or whatever, but it's like, well, what does that actually look like? How much golf? How much travel? Where to? You know, so on and so forth. So that stuff really is important in what you guys do to help them design a plan for that. Yeah, this is something that I've been really trying to focus on with people, uh, with clients. And one of the things that I've found is that, you know, for so many people that are kind of just retiring, you know, recently or very soon, kind of looking back, one of the things that I found is that many of them, you know, even if we were to rewind five, six years ago, you know, we've had this huge run up in the market. So now you have people that have a lot more money uh, in retirement than many of them thought that they would. 
And so some of the options that they have and some of the you know thought processes that they can have is uh, less of a scarcity mindset and more of uh, kind of like a thriving mindset and and really trying to focus on things that they really want to do. So, you know, an example recently is a plan uh, with clients that had uh, retired, you know, within the last year. And so they're, they're plugging along and, you know, the plan looks really, really solid. And so, you know, I really tried to start drilling down. It's like now, now that you've been retired for a little while, now that you kind of have a feeling of, you know, of what it feels like, what are the things that you really want to do? And then using planning to help them figure out, you know, if we can do it from a financial standpoint. So, you know, one client was they wanted a larger property for their primary residence to be able to work on cars. That was the kind of hobby. And so, because we've kind of talked about the fact that, you know, the, the sharper they stay, the more engaged they stay, the, whether it's hobbies, whether it's volunteering, whether it's, you know, no matter what it is, as long as they're staying engaged and sharp, their uh, life is going to be probably longer, realistically. And, sure. you know, the brain's not going to really kind of rot away. And so, kind of helping people dial into those things that they want to do, I think is probably one of the most enjoyable things. Uh, on our side of the business, but it takes a while and, and quite a bit of repetition to um, to really get them to to visualize it and see it. Yeah, indeed. Because again, you might talk about some basic things you want to do, but you really start to have to you know dive in and dissect more because you got all this free time now, right? And yeah. of course, you hear all this, the funny stories like you know. Uh, maybe the the missus will say, you know, find something else for him to do. Get him out of my house. You know? <laughs> so, you know, one thing uh, we've noticed is that when we do the planning, we'll ask that question and one spouse will say something and the other one just gets, gives a look like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, really. First I've heard know. about it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the point of, of really, you know, even though they think maybe they've communicated this. And again, I think that's really where great value comes into play from what you guys do because you get to be this, you know, maybe that's not always the most fun thing and to be in the middle, but you get to be this mediator a little bit or this sounding board where to that point, John, when somebody's like, wait a minute, this is the first time we're talking about it. Now they're going to hash it out and you guys kind of have to help them walk through it. And, you know, so hopefully it's good in the end because they're getting through uh, to the details they really got to get to. So these are, again, are mistakes that couples can can get themselves into when planning for retirement. Uh, number four, not coordinating other accounts. So how important is it, guys, to include or incorporate uh, coordination amongst like his 401k and her IRA and so on and so forth? Yeah. So this is a really important one. And again, we sound like broken records, but th- this is important to the plan itself as far as once once both people are retired, and you're looking at how much income is needed from the nest eggs, where is that money coming from, whose accounts? And once that's determined, that will dictate how that money should be invested. So this is really important and often overlooked if someone has not gone through a comprehensive plan, whether they've done it themselves or working with an advisor. But um, this could be a really big mistake if you haven't coordinated this correctly. Yeah. And coordination is the key. Getting on the same page is the key. And I started off by this podcast by joking about my wife and I are always in agreement because that's how spouses are. Yeah, right. So, you know, at the end of the day, they tend to, we tend to see it differently in a couple of ways. Opposites attract kind of thing, right? So how often and how much do you guys deal with 
managing the opposites in their personalities for with risk, for example. That's a big one, obviously, because many, many times I think we're going to see people where one person is like, hey, let's take some risk. Let's take some chances. And the other one's not so comfortable with that. And maybe they haven't even been as, you know, as honest as they might be in front of you guys saying, you know what, now that we're sitting here, I don't want to take that much risk. So you guys have to figure out a way to get them in a in a kind of a neutral, workable ground, right? Yeah. You know, I think one of the ways to do that that we found to be the most effective is to try to double down on uh, on embracing the differences and and kind of, you know, letting them know that. Uh, and even if we kind of go back through the plan and say, hey, look at, you know, these two decisions that you made really helped the plan in this way. And then, you know, these two decisions that the other spouse made really helped the plan in this way. So they kind of complement each other. So so let's kind of focus on, you know, moving forward. What are the things that we do to earn the next step? So, and, and what I mean by that is, so there's a couple of things. We try to continuously emphasize the fact that we don't really care what their brother, sister, neighbor, dog walker slash, <laughs> you know, former coworker does. And then we'll we'll kind of rattle off four or five things that are immediately different about their life than all of those people. And so they they start to kind of, you know, to get that. And then so, you know, as we further drill down and we'll say, okay, you know, we'll look at, hey, I know that, you know, you're feeling a little bit concerned about the market, but remember that, you know, we've got two years of cash in the bank. So that, that you know, allows you, that's your pass to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And so almost just kind of like walking them through and helping them understand like, you know, hey, you know, we've done this. And so we graduate to this level. We've done this, we graduate to this level. And so we keep, you know, we keep kind of moving up the ladder and that all of these decisions are kind of like, you know, tied together and correlated. And, and we try to emphasize the fact that, you know, when we make these recommendations, it's not like we make these recommendations for every single person that we work with. You know, these recommendations are specific to them. And so I think that, you know, helping them understand that, you know, to embrace those differences and to make sure that we've done things, we've put things in place. So maybe, you know, the spouse that's a little bit more aggressive, we point out, well, hey, look at, you know, we've got 15 to 20% of your assets in this Roth IRA. And this is where we're taking our, you know, the the majority of the risk in your portfolio because the upside is tax-free. And then maybe the other spouse is more conservative when we say, hey, you know, remember that you have your social security, you've got a small pension, and we put this annuity in place with guaranteed income to satisfy that, you right, know, that yeah. risk that we perceived. And so all of these things are working together to try to balance it out. And usually it's just kind of rehashing that over time and, and then people start to get it. Yes, the multiple pieces of the pie, right? So you're going to have these different things in there that are going to hopefully help address multiple concerns. That's why there's a lot of financial products and vehicles out there to be used. And it's not, you know, any one thing is the right fit and any one thing is the wrong fit. It's a matter of finding the right vehicles for the right situation and then plugging and playing those in for uh, the different, you know, the different person in their scenario. So that's some places financial mistakes couples can get into. Of course, you want to make sure you don't get into those by working with a good advisor or a qualified team like John and Nick and their team at PFG Private Wealth. So if you'd like to drop by the website and uh, send us an email as well, pfgprivatewealth.com. If you've got a question, we take those from time to time. pfgprivatewealth.com is where you can go. All questions get answered, not all get asked on the podcast, but we do have one this week. 
So let's see what we got for you guys. Uh, Christopher, he sent this one in. He says, hey, John, but I'm sure he means either one of you. But he says, hey, John, I'll be turning 70 at the beginning of next year. And I'm getting annoyed about having to think about taking money out of my IRA because I'm not going to need it. I'm sure you have some tips for circumventing this rule. What are they? Christopher, good question. Um, so just to update you, the uh, new RMD of crime distribution age is now 72 versus 70. So that was just 70 and a half. That, that was just changed a couple of years back. Um, but no, th- this comes up often. Um, you know, One of the things that we currently do for our clients is we'll actually set up an individual taxable account mm-hmm. where we'll basically just, if there's a RMD that's unneeded, we'll just transfer that right into it and go ahead and invest in exactly what they were invested in before, because it really just needs to come out of the IRA. It doesn't have to come out of, you know, it can go right back into the market. Um, Another strategy we've done is if a client is doing some charitable contributions, you can actually make charitable contributions uh, from your IRA to your selected charity. Um, and that will avoid taxation of that. And again, you know, uh, we always kind of have our disclaimer, <laughs> talk to your tax advisor. You know, if you look for tax advice, we're not, we're not tax professionals, but that's a, that's a really good strategy to use um, when you're trying to, you know, kind of avoid the RMD taxation. Gotcha. Well, so the good news, Christopher, is you got a little bit more time. It's 72 now. Uh, as far as I love when people say there's got to be ways around this. There really isn't, right? I mean, either don't have an IRA or there's not really a way around it. I mean, you're going to have to give the government their share, which is why people have been doing things like conversions, right? They've been converting money out and doing so on and so forth. So they can reduce the amount in there to to avoid the, having to pay that by not having the account. But that's really about the only way, correct? Yeah, the conversions uh, can be helpful to reduce the amount that's going to have to be required to come out. But at the same time, uh, when the window is short and they realize that, hey, you know, I'm just going to have to pay, I'm going to have to pay taxes on that money now when I convert versus, you know, a portion of of the amount that I would take out down the road mm-hmm. or that, you know, it's like, hey, well, you are going to pay tax on it, but, but still, you know, our plan's uh, recognizing the taxation, and you could see here, you know, in the in the planning software, this is what your total tax obligation is going to be, and we can reinvest some of that money. So yeah. it may have less of an impact on on you than you think. Well, I, I think one of the things that we've seen is that you know, obviously, taxes are a hot button, and and nobody likes paying them. But I would say that probably ninety percent of the people uh, that we interact with overestimate or uh, assume that they pay a lot more in taxes than they actually do. So that's always a good exercise for us to remind people that yeah, okay. you know, uh, in in the scheme of things, many of them are paying a lot less than they than they realize anyway. So uh, it's it's one of those things where, in theory, sometimes the move can be good, but oftentimes it's in their mind it's better than in actuality. Um, and uh, and of course, you know, just like anything else, we try to test that out through the planning. Yeah. Well, Christopher, you know, so there's some good news in there. Like I said, uh, there's some more information for you. Obviously, they shared a couple of ideas, but hang on to your hat because as of right now, you know, the stuff's going through that we're tying the time we're taping this. There's more things uh, to possibly be passed. So there could be some changes again coming as well. So uh, we'll do an updated podcast on that once they go through or as we have more information. But for now, that's going to wrap it up this week here on the podcast. Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick. Guys, thanks for hanging out as always. Appreciate your time. And folks, if you need some help, reach out to them at pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, any of those platforms. You can certainly find it that way. You can find all that information at the website and subscribe from there. Again, pfgprivatewealth.com. For John and Nick, I'm Mark. We'll see you.
see you next time here on the podcast.